Hello there, and welcome to episode four of Life from Vader's Castle. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Daniel McCrory. Hello, John. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a, it's a fine day. No, it's not. It's quite cold, but it's a fine day in the... <laughs> in terms of star wars you know we've only got a few days left until something new comes out so quite excited for that yeah as dan is alluding to there we are less than a week away from uh may the 4th and the new series of the bad batch which is coming yeah. out on disney plus on that day five days as when well at the time of recording this it's five days but by the time people are listening to this it'll be a matter of days away um so yeah very excited so that is obviously what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about the bad batch indeed we're going to be doing a a deep dive similar to last week you're going to be looking into who they are what we know about them uh discussions on their episodes and the upcoming show as well as the uh the trailers we've seen already that's what we're going to be discussing today yeah yeah we um both of us just recently rewatched the bad batch arc from season seven of clone wars um so we're going to be talking about that because that's the introduction that we've had to the characters so far so we know about them um and then yeah and then we've got a new little segment at the end of the show which is the uh the live from vader's castle book club which was starting this week so uh big episode today lots of stuff to talk about yeah, it should be very interesting. I suppose we should uh, begin on our discussion of the Bad Batch, who they are, what they're about, and everything we know about them so far. Yeah, so I mean, the the, the honest answer is we actually don't know a huge amount. Um, we know they are an elite clone team, Clone Force 99, named after one of John's favourite clones, one of one of the clones I appreciate highly, 99. Um it's- and they're, they're a unique group, group of clones with, um, you know, mutations and defects, which make them extra skilled in battle. So each of them have sort of a different, unique ability or skill. It's kind of like a superpower, but it's not quite a superpower. <laughs> right. We have f- five of them now? Yeah, five. It was four originally. Yeah, so yeah, so four they're originally the first four. Introduced. And then, but then we now have a fifth member. Um, oh, to just for you know to clear things up, we will be spoiler talking for the first four episodes of Clone Wars season seven. So if you haven't seen it yet, we will be spoiling it in very much detail. Um, yeah. So yeah, there are five members now. Um, the original four, um, being Hunter, and uh, I like Hunter. He's the leader. I always think he's a bit like Rambo. Um, he's got the head. Yeah, it gives off those vibes. Yeah. yeah, he's got that like tough guy vibes. Um, he uses a knife and just stabs people up quite a lot. Droids up, um, and then they alluded to the fact that he has like heightened senses or like, awareness, and he's like good at tracking stuff. Um, mm, yeah, especially electromagnetic things. I think they allude. Yeah, to yeah, that's the what show. they say in the show. So um, that's Hunter, and then we got Wrecker. Who's um? If we're going for the action hero sort of stereotypes, he's your Arnold Schwarzenegger of the group. Mm-hmm. He's just a beast, isn't he? Yeah, he's a he's a big boy. He's one of those ones that's all brawn, no brains kind of stereotype. Yeah, yeah, he plays that one to his T, doesn't he? Um, super strong, loves to fight, blow stuff up. Um, but yeah, 
Wrecker's just a beast. The Wrecking Ball. And then the next one we got is Crosshair. Crosshair's the the John Lee of the group, isn't it? It's the sniper. <laughs> yeah, man, you can hit a target from anywhere, not anywhere. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's the sniper. He's got incredible aim and precision. Um, but characteristically, he's quite quiet. Doesn't say that much. A little bit sarcastic and confrontational. And he's, he's a bit like the old man of the group as well, isn't he? Yeah, he always reminds me of like in like a cowboy film when like suddenly the screen would, the camera would like pivot over to like the cowboy sitting in the corner with like a, like a cigarette in his mouth or something. <laughs> Just like says like one word and everyone's, everyone's, everyone's like, oh, hanging on to it. Oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a badass, that guy. Yeah. yeah Crosshair's cool. I like Crosshair. And then the last one is Tech, who is, um, he's just a computer nerd, isn't he, of the group? <laughs> yeah, he's the nerd. He's, he's sitting there on his little tablet the, most of the time. Yeah. Uh, sorting out all the tech issues. Exactly. He's extremely intelligent. He uses like sort of radars and scanners and all sorts to um, help in battle, to translate different languages. Um, you know, he means that there's no need for a C-3PO because he can do the translations himself. Uh, so God. yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's the smart one. You've got like the smart one, the tough one, the strong and stupid one and then the old and grizzled one you know they've got all the stereotypes of like an action team right there yeah it's um, um what is it it's basically um star wars's version of the um oh what's that oh those films the a-team yeah oh, uh, it's they were based off the a-team but they did this a sort of a new newish franchise and it had like sylvester stallone and they just got like all the old action heroes expendables that's it oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all the old stereotypical action heroes um and then the new guy of the squad is echo um who echo joins the bad batch in episode four of season seven um he's a former og of domino squad um, mm-hmm. member of the 501st Battalion. And um, he was presumed dead after a rescue mission from the Citadel prison. And uh turns out he wasn't dead. He had been experimented on and transformed into a walking computer by uh, Watt Tambor and the Techno Union. Um, but he's disconnected from the computers and now he's just a... He's got like a, a slicer in his hand as his hand and he can sort of like slice into tech and, you know, take over computers and, uh, he's echo. So he's a bit of a beast. He's, he was a, an ex arc trooper. So yeah, he's part of the bad batch now. Yeah. I mean, we love echo. I mean, I think he dies in, well, he's presumed dead after season three. He's one of those episodes. Yeah. I think, I think the Citadel arc was season three. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, being, I mean, Fives and Echo were like the duo, weren't they? And yeah. Echo died and it was quite tough for Fives to handle. Yeah, I really liked Echo actually as a character, especially in the episodes where he gets introduced to him and you find out that he's called Echo because he just loves to like repeat orders. So that's why they call him Echo because the man was just like a walking Echo. <laughs> like any orders he got, he'd just repeat them for no apparent reason. Uh, exactly. He's a good again. guy, Echo. He's a good guy. Yeah, again, Any, goes into our discussion last week about how the clones, you know, get their own personality and their names. So yeah, exactly. Go. And any any member of the Domino Squad just deserves the utmost respect. 
So the fact that he's gone from being a member of Domino Squads to being one of the Bad Batch, you know, guys up there, guys up there now. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the Bad Batch. I mean, that's pretty much all we really know about them is that, you know, elite team name themselves Clone Force 99 after 99. Um, and they're just sent on specialist missions and they're sort of, what's the word? They're sort of less likely to follow orders. They're sort of a bit more rogue. Um mm-hmm. Not very obedient, but they get the job done because they're all pretty skilled. Yeah, their methods are a bit um, outside the box, like not to yeah. the book. Yeah, unlike yeah. Uh, like Rex and etc. Everyone else. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's the reason that they're so good. It's because they do think outside the box. Yeah, and all the missions they go on of are like well, suicide runs, I assume, because like no one's ever heard of them apart from like Cody. Was like the first person who had heard of them in the show. Yeah, in the yeah. Was. And I think it was alluded to. A- yeah, it was alluded to that they had like done a couple of missions with Cody, um, mm. and that's all he knew about them. But Rex, I didn't really know who they were. They're sort of a bit of a, as you said, like a rogue sort of team that no one really knows who they are. But they they do get the job done. They're pretty good. Yeah, the boys. I was also reading. Um, I just seen it on like Twitter or Instagram the other day. There's um, it was actually George um, Lucas who came up with the Bad Batch. Um, oh really? Yeah, it was him and Dave Filoni when they were like planning the Clone Wars TV show together. Um, George had an idea of you know a group of clones who are all sort of mutants and defects, and for that reason they were sort of extra strong. And him and Dave sort of together came up with the idea for the Bad Batch as a team. Uh, and then they, like Dave went off and with the other writers, <clears throat> wrote an, an arc for the Bad Batch and like they did previs and everything for it, but it never ended up being an episode that they fully made, um, mm-hmm. never sort of ended up getting released. So when um, Disney let Dave finish off his Clone Wars stories with the final season, um, the Bad Batch was the arc that he chose to start off that season because that was a storyline that he never got to tell and uh, him and George were quite passionate about. So it's nice that it's come like full circle and now they're getting their own show. Mm, yeah, no, that's, that's a cool fact, actually. I didn't know that. So nice. so just just you wait because <laughs> if we see any toxic fans be like, oh, Disney have made this rubbish Bad Batch show. But what is this nonsense? It's like, what's George Lucas's idea? <laughs> yeah, clap back with the... George Lucas clap back with the facts yeah exactly <laughs> but no I think I think I, I really liked that arc we'll get into it in more detail but I think they're interesting characters and my only criticism of them is I haven't seen enough of them to you know like rank them really high in my characters but I think if we get a whole season of television with them I can imagine me getting more and more sort of into the characters they do seem really cool I yeah, think so so far Hunter's my favourite, I think. If I had to pick one, I'd say Hunter's my favourite. Yeah, same. I think the he's strong but mysterious. And yeah, the Rambo vibes I think are quite good. Yeah. And he's he is a good leader as well. Um, you know, he, he he they they have like good strategies that they sort of use and Hunter's always making those good calls. And just seeing anyone like cutting about with a knife instead of a blaster does look pretty cool. Uh, but I mean, Wrecker was making me laugh quite a lot, actually, in, the, in some of those episodes. <laughs> but we'll get on to that. Um, so yeah, that is the Bad Batch. That's who they are. Um, so I thought what we do 
sort of next is just have a good little discussion review chat about those four episodes from season seven because it's everything that we know about the bad batch what we thought of those episodes as a whole what we thought of the bad batch's role within those episodes um and then we can sort of have a little discussion about our predictions for the show so yeah like i mean the the I think the two strongest arcs everyone will agree on in the season seven is definitely the first and the last one. Yeah. So the Bad Batch, I think, universally was everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 And it is, it's a, it's a, it's a really like good four episodes. Like I'd, this is actually the, me rewatching it this week was only the second time I'd watched these episodes. Um, so there was a lot about it, which like in the sort of year or so since I watched it for the first time, that I've been like, oh, right, okay, that makes even more sense to me, sort of just after, you know, being more into my Star Wars again. Um, But no, I thought episode one, I'd almost go as far to say episode one was the best episode, Um, but we'll talk about episode one. It was called The Bad Batch. Um, The little, um, what do you call them? You know, the little bit of text that appears at the start of the episode for every Clone Wars episode was embrace others for their differences for that makes you whole, which obviously ties oh. into this whole thing about, you know, the bad batch being different and embracing nice. them, embracing their mm. differences, but also the bad batch embracing, you know, Rex, Jesse, Cody kicks because they were, they were regulars. They called them regs. Um, mm. but they're different to them. So it's that aspect as well. But yeah, what did you think about that first episode? Yeah, again, as you're saying, we both rewatched it. And yeah, going back and rewatching it is a very good episode. I think it's a really good introduction to the Bad Batch, um, as it's the first time I see them. And it, I think there's parts of the um, episode where you really get to see each one and how they are unique compared to like the normal clones, such as Rex. <laughs> so obviously, you get to see yeah. um, Wrecker's strength and he uh, like lifts the ship off Cody. Yeah. You know, you get to see tech whipping out some cool tech things. They did that really awesome bit where like tech and crosshair were like teamed up and like tech was like giving him like coordinates or something. And then crosshair was like, he was like throwing these shockwave grenades into the air with like a certain Mm. coordinate. And then crosshair was like sniping them out the sky to like execute all the droids. And I thought that little like teamwork between the two of them was really cool. Mm. Yeah, and then it, they, I think they're really using as well, like showed off how much Hunter is like definitely like the leader of the group. Yeah. And they're all like bickering at one point amongst like, themselves and the um, amongst the like Rex and everyone else, all their other clones. And it was only when Hunter stepped in and was like, "All right," like I think he picked up Rex or someone, and uh, Hunter came in and was like, "All right, put him down." Yeah, that was when the record was like, "Oh, fine." Yeah, you know, like, his word is final, and he's really the leader of the group. Yeah, yeah, and I think that like that dynamic between the four of them was like really well established in that first episode. I feel like by the end of that first episode, you you get who the bad batch are. Um, but yeah, just in general, like what the episode was about, um, it was we arrive on the planet Anaxis and it's uh, deep in the middle of a war, a battle being fought over the planet Anaxis. Um, obviously Anakin and the five of first are sort of leading the battle. Mace Windu's involved as well. 
Um, and then the the separatist leader of this particular battle is Admiral Trench, the uh, the weird spider guy. <laughs> and um, this this mission is they they've figured out that the separatists are able to predict their strategies using some sort of algorithm. So Rex, Cody, Jesse, Kicks, and the Bad Batch are sent sort of behind enemy lines to go to a cyber center to hack in and figure out what this algorithm is um only to reveal that the algorithm is like a live signal from another planet and the signal is echo's um clone number and echo himself so that's that's the 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 outline of the episode um the big reveal at the end is echo still alive and then they go on to the next episode to go and find echo um but yeah there were some really cool fight scenes in there some interesting sort of character moments and stuff i liked seeing um you know rex coming up against people who are a little bit sort of less likely to follow his orders i thought that was quite cool um as we were talking about earlier like the way that they fight the droids like wrecker carrying the big sort of chunk of metal to like use as a shield whilst the others do all like the cool you know techie snipery stuff behind him it's all just uh i all just thought the, uh, the action was just really cool Oh yeah, it was. And it, yeah, as you said, that like, the fight scenes, I think they really show um, the different styles that the Bad Batch have compared to like the normal fight scenes we've seen in the rest of the show. I mean, like yeah, I think they the fight. Yeah, they scene, literally fight differently, don't they? Yeah, like the Rogus like battle scenes. I think we ever saw in the show was whenever Anakin came up with like some stupid plan. <laughs> so I think um, having the Bad Batch have like their own style. I think again really separated the differences between them and yeah. the regular clones. Yeah. So yeah, all in all, I really like that first episode. Uh, the thing that I immediately noticed because I'd been watching sort of earlier Clone Wars episodes recently is the, the 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 level that the animation and the cinematography like went up in this final season was ridiculous. Like <laughs> I didn't quite realize it, and then I was watching it and I was just like, Jesus, the animation is like insane and like when they were fighting you know the the sort of the the way like you know it was like one continuous shot like tracking through like all of them fighting at once so the cinematography is like sort of stuff you see out of war films but they're doing an animation i was well impressed i was like yeah they really took it up another level with this with this season yeah yeah it was really nice yeah the animation style was i mean i love the clone wars animation style but yeah they definitely took it up a notch um this this season i feel like um watching interviews with like dave and stuff uh dave filoni he's always said that they've all every single season they look to improve yeah so i mean with the technology available now as it looks fantastic the animation is unbelievable yeah and i think i think it looks like bad like the bad batch series coming out is gonna take it up another level with the quality of Mm. animation so i mean it can it can only be good only be good things um yeah the only other thing that i was gonna say about that episode was there was a I did notice there was a cheeky little connection to uh, Rebels in this episode. There were the uh, the Anaxis, the planet that they were on, is featured in Rebels. However, at some point between this and Rebels, Anaxis, the planet, is like completely destroyed, like a like cataclysmic event. And uh, there's an episode in season one of Rebels when they go to this like old Republic base. It's like on an asteroid, and that the the Republic base that they go to is the exact one that Anakin is based at on this 
episodes. And like when the planet was split apart, like that Republic base survived on an asteroid. So I thought that was quite a cool little, oh, um, cool little link. Yeah. So it's the episode when um, Hera and Sabine are trying to get the um, f- like fuel from the Republic base, and there's those weird little creatures in the dark. Oh yeah, 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 yeah and they they, they can like, only move under the cover of darkness. Yeah, yeah, I reckon I remember the one. Yeah, and you see, oh, cool, th- yeah. apparently, you can see a couple of them in the background in some of the shots, like when they're having the campfire. In this episode, you see a couple of those creatures in the background. So, yeah, oh, that's cool. Little uh, little Easter egg for you. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, yeah, episode two. Go on, John. What did you think of episode two? Uh, there's a lot happened in this one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what what happens in this episode. So, they episode two is called. A distant echo, and uh, I, is... I even wrote down the line as well. The search for truth begins with belief, and this is when uh, Anakin agrees to take Rex and the Bad Batch to Skako Minor to um, mm-hmm. find Echo. Um, and the the episode opens up with Anakin sort of not really wanting to go, and then he has this little secret meeting with Padme. Oh yeah, that Rex guards, and then obviously it sort <laughs> of reveals that Obi Wan definitely knows about him and Padme um but then she persuades yeah. him to like you know trust Rex because Rex has always been by his side so you know he owes him it back um but I did think it was a really nice moment when it when Anakin was just like oh he's being reckless he's just like he's letting his emotions emotions cloud his judgment <clears throat> and then Padme was like I wonder where he's learned that from and I was like damn you just got burned <laughs> yeah. <Anakin>. <laughs> yeah I really like that scene actually because yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. I mean, anything, everything that Anakin's like, annoyed about about Rex, you know, he's is literally the same thing Anakin does all the yeah. time. Rex is a hundred percent learnt from the best when it comes to being reckless because you get emotional <laughs> about something. So yeah, they they um after that little little bit, they head off to the planet's called Skako Minor. Um, and it's a primitive planet, but the the techno union have sort of taken control and built a big city of like really tall tower buildings. And lo and behold, Echo is alive, and they find him in a cryo chamber, all plugged into computers. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts of the episode? No, I actually really like the episode. I like the um, the scenes are halfway through when um, Anakin gets. Like kidnapped by that dragon thing. Yeah, the, by the natives. The natives, yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, Hunter gets like, I don't know, like attached to one of them because uh, Crosshair's like snipes one out of the air with like yeah, a. He, he like grapples one. Like a, like yeah. a grapple gun, yeah. And he's like flying behind him, <laughs> which I thought was pretty, pretty badass. This is again something I don't really think you'd see. Like Rex doing anytime soon. Nah, um, yeah. the bad batch would definitely do. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, no, that's cool. sort of territory doing that sort of batshit stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that I think the cool. the thing that I liked the most about the episode was the scene when they were like looking over like all the techno union buildings and like they had a little bit of an argument because they were sort of like losing Echo signal and they were saying this is a trap. Like he's definitely dead. Like. Rex, you need to just move on. And Rex was like, no, he's like, I know he's still alive. Like, can you just trust me? And like Anakin was sort of like trying to prepare him for him not being alive, but sort of still being like, yeah, I've got your back sort of thing. But it really just went to show yeah. like how much like pain and guilt like Rex carries around with him. 
because like, if you think about the amount of like clones who have died under his watch, um, you know he's the he's the captain. So it's obviously it's not his fault. It's a war, but like I think he carries a lot of that guilt for all the clones who have died, and I think he sees this as an opportunity to like at least save one of them. Um, so I think that like whole is a really good episode for Rex. I felt like, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think especially um, the ones from like Domino Squad. I think he definitely feels feels those losses because yeah, those are the, like the ones he took under his wing, especially yeah. with, like heavy Echo and losing them. I think really took a toll on him. So yeah, I think the the fact that Echo could still be alive and he could save him at least is definitely a driving factor. Yeah, yeah, they're like yeah, it's like he's they're his boys really, you know, and he's just trying to you know wants to keep them all alive and they're you know well brothers is what they that's what they call each other you know they they do see each other as brothers and you know mm. so it's that sort of like loyalty between clones is something that's explored a lot in the show but i thought this episode was particularly good at you know it was a good episode for for rex and for the, the bad batch and you know what they see the other you know like i think they sort of look at the other clones and think oh like they're they're getting too caught up in it but the bad batch themselves are like very attached to each other too. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just thought that little moment when Obi-Wan was just like, tell Padme, I said, hi, or whatever he said, <laughs> like that was like such a good moment. Cause I think one of the things I always thought when I watched revenge of the Sith, I was just like, it was so obvious, like Obi-Wan surely mm-hmm. knew. And then at the end, you know, when he was just like Anakin's the father, you didn't know if that was him just figuring it out then. Or if he had known for a long time, this sort of proves that, yeah, he had known for ages and he just didn't, he was sort of so loyal to Anakin that he didn't even say anything, which makes the whole fight even more tragic. Mm. Well, I really like as well, actually, is just before that scene, Anakin to Rex is like, oh, before you go, we have that thing to do. And Rex is yeah. like, oh, we don't have time for this. And Anakin's like, no, we are going. And, and like at the time, you're like, oh, well, I wonder what earth could be so important. And yeah, it's just because Anakin wants to go talk to Padme and Rex has to stand guard. And Rex just really doesn't want to do it. Yeah, Rex is like Rex is like that mate who like really just wants to get to the pub, but like his boy just has to FaceTime his bird before they go. Like, <laughs> it's like, fine. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love the relationship that they develop between Anakin and, and uh, Rex. Like, you know, Rex has just got his back through thick and thin. And like the fact that they've added this extra dimension that like Anakin has these like secret FaceTimes with Padme and like Rex is always just guarding for him. Um, yeah, I just think that adds another layer to, to their sort of relationship. Mm. Yeah, it's very good. Um, so then on to episode three. Uh, by episode three... You know they've they've got Echo out of the machine, but they're surrounded by loads of droids. Um, and then a Wat Tambor and his boys like try and try and break into the room that they're in to kill him. Um, but they escape through the vents, and then they uh, they fly off on Kiridax, and that's why the episode's called "On the Wings of Kiridax," and they're the big flying things. Um, but then, without realizing, they drag a load of the separatists to the primitives village and then there's a big scrap where the primitives have to decide to get involved and they do so they fight with their spears whilst the clones and anakin are slicing up all the droids um and i thought it was quite a good episode because it i mean i know it's a tried and tested like 
theme in the Clone Wars of like native species, like not wanting to be involved in the war, but realizing they have to be involved to survive. Um, it's done quite a lot, but I thought this was another nice sort of example of that. Yeah, that's, I think especially because they were very hesitant to join up until uh, Rex like showed them what they did to Echo and like just what they like put them through. And I think that was when the natives were like, "Oh, okay, like these these fellas, and then they need taken down." Yeah, like, yeah. And, and it was a one. yeah, it was a cool fight as well. I, I liked the fight in that village. Um, like Anakin was just being Anakin, like just like jumping on top of the like the big spider droids and just doing his thing swinging his lightsaber about like a like a beast um you know rex and the bad batch just all just like fighting in their own way doing bits as well like i thought it was a good fight um i felt like getting echo out and all that was really good quite emotional to see so yeah, overall, I mean, again, like the levels on the animation at this point, it's just unbelievable. Like it looks so good. And I think this third episode is probably my, like my least favorite of the four, but I still, still like an eight out of 10 or whatever. I still think it's a really good episode. Yeah. It's a really strong episode. I, I really found the, um, those separatist droids really in- interesting. Well, the flying, like, flying droids. <laughs> yeah. They kind of look like a, like a, really skinny like i don't know like ostrich or something <laughs> they, they like because obviously the techno uh city is like in the clouds they um have little wings that like sprout out and they just like fly about and i think they just look really funny i completely forgot about it like i completely forgot about it and i was watching it and they all like jumped on the back of the kiradax and like flew away and then like the droids like took off after them with the like the little wings came out and I was like I just started laughing I was like I completely forgot that there were flying droids in this. <laughs> yeah, but they like they call like little wings, but then they have like arms as well. Yeah, they hold guns and things, but they call like little T Rex arms. <laughs> yeah. Like they're tiny. And it's just it's such a funny design. Yeah, it's such a yeah, it's such a weird design. But that's what I love about Star Wars. They just chuck like the most random designs in, and it's it just works because it's, it's Star Wars. Yeah. I tell you what really surprised me about the droids as well is I don't know why it surprised me, but they obviously have the exact same voice as all the other droids. And I, I expected them to have like a almost like I don't know like a higher pitched like t- voice or something because you have like the um, the. What the like the super battle droids, the big chunky ones. Yeah, the B two is like, deeper on. They, uh, yeah, they got deeper Roger. voice, and like the assassin, like commando droids, have a different voice. And I just really expected the, I don't know, flying ones to have a different voice, but they didn't. And that really took me off guard for some <laughs> apparent reason. I think they should just like if they were if they were being less politically correct, they should just give all the droids like really terrible accents, like they did to all the aliens in the Phantom Menace. I think like if all of the droids had like different stereotypical <laughs> accents, I think it would make Star Wars even more racist than <laughs> it already I think they was. Just give all the droids the same voice as Watto. <laughs> I think that that should just be how it is. Well, they should all sound like Nuke Gunray. <laughs> which is the most horrendous racial stereotype but anyway um but yeah and then the final episode of this arc um you know they were back to an axis after rescuing echo um and there's like a little bit of like question over echo's like loyalty like can they really trust him if he's been plugged into like a separatist computer um 
trust placed in another is trust earned is the little tag at the beginning. So obviously trust is a big th- uh, thing. Mm-hmm. But um, Echo has a plan to sneak onto the one of Trench's like flagships and to like give him false strategy. So like he does something that will ultimately cost him the battle. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing that the, the Echo feeds him is to send all the troops straight on to Kenobi and Mace Windu's position. So they're all just like, oh, can we really trust him? But then he, he um, disconnects all the all the droids at once, um, which is a really cool little bit. And it's nice seeing that like the, clo- like the Bad Batch are like less wanting to trust him. But Rex is like, nah, Echo's my boy. I've known him since day one. I can trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought that little bit was nice touch. And it was nice, yeah. a nice way of showing that Echo's back. Echo is reliable. We can trust him. And then it sets up perfectly for the end of the episode when he goes off and joins Clone Force 99. I think it's a nice little story for Echo. Yeah, I agree. I think the... Because obviously, I, you, know, you don't blame him for being a bit wary of Echo's trust because I think this is probably like one of the first times we see in Star Wars like someone being um, cybernetically enhanced in that way. I know obviously we get it in like the original trilogy with, um, oh, what's his name? Lando's mate. Yeah, Lobot. The, yeah. Lobot. And it's, you get it in Rebels as well. Um, I think Gre- yeah, Grievous to an extent is sort of a, you know, he's a cybernetic enhanced sort of turned into, you know, there are sort of mm. some elements of it, but I think this is like the most visual of like, he's literally just got like loads of plugs in his head and he's got a slicer in his arm. Um, yeah so they're probably wondering like how much is like is he actually just still a person with droid enhancements or is he like full-on like droid with just like some flesh on him like yeah like a grievous i suppose yeah and i think the it would have been quite unrealistic if they just instantly trusted him i think that sounds Mm. a a good part of the story it was nice to see kenobi and mace windu getting a little bit of scrap in time i think my yeah probably second favorite moment in the episode was when mace like drops down and he was like i'm jedi knight mace windu and he was just like i have killed a hundred thousand of you droids and if you don't want to die lay down your weapons now and then they all just start shooting him and he's like fine yeah, <laughs> I just thought that was like worth a go <laughs> worth a shot <laughs> yeah, yeah that, no. was a, that was a funny scene too fair yeah i like that and then um I think my favourite moment of the episode, I, mean, like, I feel like most people talked about this, was when Anakin squared up to Trench and it was just Anakin on his own and like he was just like, oh, I'm going to get the final code to detonate the bomb out of him and he like cuts his arms off and then like threatens to kill him and then it like plays the Imperial March like music like really lightly in the background and then he like ultimately kills Trench even though he was, again, an unarmed prisoner like Dooku. So it just really sets up that, you know, there is that that dark side in Anakin, which has always existed. Um, so, yeah, I thought that moment was really, really cool. Yeah, I think, doesn't Anakin, well, like, Trench is like, something's mentioned something about, like, oh, you won't, you, you Jedi haven't got, like, the stones or whatever to, like, do what you need to do. Yeah, and I can like chops off his arm. And he's like, "Oh, I haven't got such weakness." Yeah, and you're like, jeez. Yeah, Trent straight up said to him, "Is like basically like you won't torture me. You're a Jedi." And Anakin was like, "Well, you no longer have arms, so 
<laughs> I'm serious. And then even after he got the information out of him, he's still like, yeah, I'll just, you know, shove my lightsaber through his chest. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a, a good little way of just highlighting, you know, Vader existed all along. Mm. Sort of like a the, the darker part inside him that like every human being has. They're sort of, you know, a dark part to themselves. But, you know, majority of people are able to sort of suppress that and choose to be good in all situations. But obviously in Anakin's situation, like Palpatine manipulates that dark side of him to take over him completely and then he becomes a bad person. So mm. a nice little nice little cool. bit of uh yeah the emotional one, development for Anakin. Yeah. The one thing I was a bit not disappointed on, but I just thought of it as soon as it happened and then I was like, oh I wish I did that was uh when Trench dies, I really wanted them to just like curl up like a spider. <laughs> you know <laughs> but obviously he just lays there, you know, like dead like a normal person. But I really oh, want yeah. him to just like have his like arms, like his remaining arms, like curled up in, fr- in front of him, like you know, yeah. like a spider with a shoe. <laughs> That's a really good so, point, like, actually. I'm furious about that now. You've said it. We need to get on the phone to Dave Filoni yeah. and say that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, because he is like a well, he's like a the species is like a for those who haven't seen it, the species are like a, a humanoid sized spider. Basically, he's got like yeah. all the eyes, got like eight arms, six arms, or whatever. I think uh, fangs the whole shebang I'm pretty sure there there is a name for them as well let's just quickly have a look what is his what is the species called a heart. have you ever, have you ever seen any oh have you ever seen any other ones than him or is he the only one we've seen I, I, I can't think, remember off the top of my head I think he might be the only one let's have a look on the old Wikipedia uh, well, uh, there we go Anakin he's just wiped out a species yeah, in in canon, he's the only one who appears. Hopefully, he's not the last of his species because that would be yeah. pretty tragic if he was. Anakin has just wiped out the entire species <laughs> in one fell swoop. He's just rid of the whole endangered <laughs> species. Um, but I mean, in terms of the Bad Batch, I thought this was another cool episode for them. Like when they were fighting on the ship, they were doing they were doing like the whole Gim- Gimli and Legolas thing between crosshair and um wrecker which i thought was quite funny um like there's a load of they get surrounded by droids and wrecker's like oh like here comes the wrecking ball and like runs through and just beats up all the droids and then crosshair like does this like madness sweepers with these like reflective panels uh, along the walls and like fires a bullet so it like hits off all the panels and like and then wrecker's like oh man he's just like trying to one-up me I thought that bit was quite cool. But then Anakin yeah. managed to like steal like a self-detonation device so like Wrecker could blow up all the ships at the end. And he was like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> it was very excited. Yeah. So it was a fun episode. I really liked it. Um, just overall like thoughts on the arc. But I, re- I thought it was a really good arc. Great intro to the Bad Batch. Showed how sort of unique and fun characters they were. But also, think it was interesting the way they bounced off, you know, the other characters like Anakin and Rex and Echo. Um, so yeah, what about you? Overall thoughts? Yeah, overall, I thought it was it was very good. Um, and now knowing that we're going to get a show off that, I think it um, set it up perfectly. Like, it gave you enough information to be interested, but then enough so that if whenever they announced the show, you'd be keen to go watch it to find out more. Yeah, because I certainly when they announced that the Bad Batch would be the next animated show, I was certainly like, oh, really? The Bad Batch? 
like they were just those clones from those four episodes um but then like the more like footage came out and it was like realizing it was going to be post order 66 and all this sort of stuff i was like right this could be cool and then re-watching these episodes now i was like actually on second watch like these are cool characters and i can't wait to like actually get to know them because yeah. like when i think of rebels like i remember the after like the first two episodes of rebels i was just like i'm not really sure i like this crew like i'm not i'm not so sure about them but then by the end of season four like they were like my family i was like watching it just like i want all of them to be my real family <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if, yeah. if they sort of do that with the bad batch as well then i'm sure it'll be a good show yeah i'm very much looking forward to it so speaking of i guess we'll uh we can talk about our sort of predictions and thoughts on like the trailers and stuff like um we've had a few trailers so we have some ideas of what's going on in the show um but still quite um ambiguous yeah i feel like the biggest takeaway from it is obviously that it's after order 66 um, which then begs the question of did the Bad Batch go through with all the 66 or did they somehow yeah. not have to do that? And um, absolutely nothing that we've seen from the trailers has given away what side that could be. Like mm. this, on you know, on May the 4th, the episode could just open with the Bad Batch killing Jedi because of Order 66 which could be brutal to watch, or it could be them choosing not to go through a vault of 66. Like we, you know, we don't really know at this point. Mm. Um, The scenes with them fighting, um, clones. Yeah. Scrapping clones, which then makes you think, Oh, did, are they getting hunted because they didn't go through a vault of 66 or they do it. And then something afterwards has then set this off. Yeah. Cause, and obviously, you know, we we see them on back on Camino, and Tarkin is like testing them. You know, he's it's the facility where like the Clone Cadets episode was set with them, sort of like fighting these sort of like training droids just to like prove their sort of strength in front of Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Is that because you know they've they've gone through Order sixty six like good little clones, and now he's like testing like how he how he could use them in the future, and then they mm-hmm. do something, and then he's like get them killed or does that happen before they don't do order 66 and then he's like, right, they didn't follow my orders. Let's get them killed sort of thing. So I think there's, yeah, it's still good and ambiguous. I I really like it. Mm. Personally, I really don't think they did. I don't think they did either. No, that would be my guess. And I think one of the reasons is because they, I'm assuming they don't have the same inhibitor chips that all the other clones have which is just a based off how they behave, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Because they yeah. aren't great at following orders um, apart from the like, hunter's orders and like their own like way of doing it. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, if I had to make a prediction, I'd probably be the same as you that the, the, they don't have inhibitor chips or they don't function because of their mutations and they didn't go through of order 66. But I think mm-hmm. it would be, insane if the episode just opened and they were committing order 66 i think it's you know this we don't really know what's going to happen but yeah i think i agree with you that'd be my prediction as well yeah or my other way of them not having to go through with it is it all revolves around echo of like the order going off and they get in the transmission but then the chip echoes chip will malfunction 
if it's still in there because of the um mm. everything yeah, that good point. the separatists put in him as like well like sort of short circuit it and then he'll get rid of everyone else's. Yeah, that's another good another good call. Yeah, there's definitely options there. Um yeah. so I'm very excited to see where they go with it. But I mean to be honest the the two things that grabbed me was in that first the first trailer we saw was going back to Camino, which is awesome. Oh my god, my dog is barking away. Um, um, going back to Camino, which obviously I'm excited about, but seeing Tarkin as well, I love Tarkin as a. I mean, I hate him; he's a prick. But like as a character, he's so cool. Tarkin's backstory is brutal. Like I know that on his home planet like when he was growing up his parents would like chuck him out into a field of like these like savage wolves and like let him get ripped apart for him to like learn what it took to survive and stuff like the guy's messed up so if like Tarkin ends up sort of being like the foe for the bad batch over the season or at least the guy pulling the strings I think that'd be really really good it'd be nice to see more Tarkin yeah I think Tarkin is such an interesting character because of how much um of how long he's been around in Star Wars because obviously he um He's in the original trilogy as like a an older man, but then I think cinema and Clone Wars is obviously very interesting, um, especially because of the way the Grand Republic is run doesn't align with how we've seen him before in um, the original trilogy. Yeah, so I think- <clears throat> and he he appeared in those Citadel episodes, didn't he? And there was definitely a side to him that we saw there that was more in line with Imperial Tarkin than a good, yeah, democratic so- Republican talking <laughs> yeah i think it'll be interesting to see um the, uh, the like full-on return to original trilogy talking of him being like a complete savage evil man yeah i agree it'll be really cool um and then a couple sort of other things i noticed from the trailer is you know we see palps in the hologram of him you know turning the republic into the empire i think mm-hmm. Palps is probably going to have quite a big presence, whether it's just over holograms <clears throat> or sort of, you know, messages and stuff. I think him, he's clearly going to have quite a presence, which I think is exciting. Obviously, Tarkin, Rex. I mean, we saw Rex for sure. That was Rex in the mm. second trailer. Because um, you saw all like the tally marks on his helmet. So I'm like 99.9% sure that's Rex. Saw Guerrero was in it as well, which I was quite surprised to see. Like a yeah. young, a younger Saul Guerrero, which obviously we met him in Clone Wars, quite a radical. Um, I think he he could be an interesting dynamic between him and the Bad Batch. I think could be really interesting, just because of his way of doing things. And if he's at odds with the Empire already, sort of just after Order sixty six, and then the Bad Batch are at odds because of whatever's got them in trouble with Tarkin. I think they could make good allies, but also like weird, like conflicting allegiance as well mm. yeah because i feel like if anyone's gonna i remember back in the clone Wars shows i think everyone was a bit worried about saw Guerrero's like extremist tactics yeah um and i feel like if anyone's gonna get more on board of it it might be the bad batch but yeah then exactly. again i feel like saw might still take it too far yeah so but i think interesting. i think the thing which is really going to change the way the bad batch act is this kit um who we meet in the second trailer. Apparently the kid's called Omega. I think, I don't know if that's been confirmed or if that's just leaked. I don't know. Apparently the kid's called Omega. Whether it's it, it, 
I can't quite tell if it's a he or a she. Um, I'm leaning more likely it being a she, but I'm not 100% sure on that either. Doesn't, no, bother, sure. doesn't, doesn't bother me either way, one or the other. Um, yeah. Is he or she a clone? It's the, the question that's on my mind and on a lot of people's minds. Mm. I saw um, Darth Choco was talking about it on his TikTok. I made a quick video. And uh, his theory was that um, Omega is a clone, but like the very, it's basically like the last drop of uh, Django Fett's like DNA is yeah. uh, was used with by Omega, and like I don't know, maybe they had to mix it with someone else just yeah. to finish off the the uh, uh, yeah. DNA sequence. I mean, it or would something. it would make sense, like you know, like Alpha and Omega is often like Alpha's the first and Omega's the last, isn't it? It's sort of an often. So that would make sense. I think that's a really good theory that it's the last sort of drop of DNA they had left from Django and it sort of almost got diluted to this clone, which is <clears throat> still a little bit clone, but a little bit sort of someone else or something else as well. So I think that's a that's a good theory. And it's, it's sort of looks like there's going to be quite a like space hopping adventure of them sort of taking on this new member and sort of, maybe almost having to sort of take on sort of like father roles or like older brother roles or something like that, which I think could be really interesting to see how they deal with that. Yeah. I think giving them a bit of responsibility, I think yeah. with um, taking on such a young um, person will make the show interesting because they are very, as we've seen before, like they're reckless, you know, they'll just go in and get the job done. They're not really fussed about how it gets done or what happens afterwards. But I think, adding um omega to the mix might that might make them a bit more cautious or like yeah uh etc you know something make like. make them have to like deal with responsibility and stuff yeah um and then the other character we saw was fennec shand from the mandalorian mm. uh who is i'm gonna assume is gonna be a much younger fennec shand but she's still being voiced by uh ming na wen um mm. Yeah, I'm excited to see Fennec Shan. I think she's going to be an antagonist to them. I imagine she's going to be hired by Tarkin to take him out, you know, as a bounty hunter. Because, you know, the Imperials do like using bounty hunters. So I imagine she might be like, have a bounty on them. Um, whether they end up working together or whether they are just antagonistic the whole time, who knows? But I think it's cool that they're making that little Mandalorian connection with it. Yeah. I think it was uh, it's interesting as well because um obviously you see in Mandalorian that she is in service to Boba Fett or like not in service but like they have like a deal with Boba Fett where like she works for him. I mean I I think um, I think she sort of basically said she is in service to him didn't she because he saved her life so she yeah. basically said she owes her life to Boba Fett so yeah yeah I think that's interesting because obviously Boba Fett is is a clone just like any other so I wonder if they're going to allude to this uh, Bad Batch, like um, them coming together in like the Book of Boba Fett, maybe or something. Yeah, I mean, oh, could you imagine that if the Bad Batch was still kicking around, like post <laughs> post like the Galactic Civil War, and they appeared in like, Book of Boba Fett in live action? Yeah, they cast Sylvester Stallone as as a <laughs> as Hunter, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Wrecker. Um, Let's just do the fan casting right now. An older Nick Cage is, is tech. And I mean, per, the perfect crosshair would be Sean Connery, but sadly he's no longer with us. So it might have to be someone like, oh, I don't know. 
leave me with that one. But then that's the fan casting. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously Echo is just uh, Tamara Morrison. Yeah, exactly. Easy. I mean, all, technically all of them should be Tamara Morrison. <laughs> but Yeah, just slightly different. With some if, they, if they use CGI, CGI, yeah, to make Sylvester Stallone look like half Sylvester Stallone, half Tamara Morrison. <laughs> That'd well, be jokes. Tech, I think Tech is the one that, least, that looks least like the rest yeah, of the clothes. he really doesn't, does he? I get, I, uh, hopefully they explain in the show, in the Bad Batch, how they've come across like, the mutations needed for these, um, these four. But yeah, Tech yeah. looks very different to the rest of the clones. I like, can still tell that he's like a, like a clone, but I guess he kind of just looks like a brother as opposed to like, yeah. they're all like identical twins. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some interesting stuff going on in the trailer. They, there's clearly an episode where they're going to, um, there's that Zygerian slaver planet again. Um, mm. Cause you see one of them in there, like with his whip, like fighting Hunter. You yeah. see some shots of like, sort of like shipyards of like wrecked Republic cruisers. So I'm assuming we're going to see some like elements of like the grand army of the Republic being destroyed or stripped away. And then I did notice there was a scene where they were fighting B1 battle droids. So the sort of question I'm having there is, is that a flashback to them fighting during the Clone Wars or is that actually present day post the Clone Wars of them like mopping up sort of like leftover droids that are still like scattered around the planet? Mm. Um, either could be interesting yeah no, that, I agree that would actually be um, quite interesting to be fair um, and then the only other thing I'd noted is in the second trailer there's like a city with like where all these walkers are and it looked a bit like Naboo um, it might not be Naboo but it looked a bit like Naboo so I also just noticed that um, so yeah oh, I mean I don't yeah. know what what are my I don't really know what even my big predictions are. Like, do I think we're going to see any Jedi in it? Possibly. Um, I mean, there's not exactly that many Jedi left at this point in time. So unless it's like Jedi being killed, not really sure. I doubt we're going to see anyone like Kenobi or anyone like that. Ahsoka, possibly. Because we know her and Rex, she survived Order 66 and at least went off together for the initial period of time. But then we mm. see Rex in the trailer. So are they going to bump into Ahsoka? I hope so, because we love Ahsoka. But if she doesn't serve a purpose in the narrative, then there's no point chucking her in. Um, yeah. I was wondering if we're going to see um, Vader. Yeah. I, th- I feel like they, they just love to have a little cheeky Vader cameo just tucked away for themselves. Mm. Well, if I remember... I'm trying to think back to the comic, like the yeah. The Vader, Vader's busy at this point in time, isn't he? Yeah, and he's not. I don't think he's actually like properly revealed to like the Empire's troops for quite a while. Like, yeah, like top top boys know who he is. A lot of the clones were shooting at him, thinking he was a Jedi in some of the comics because like people didn't know that there was a Sith Lord working for the Emperor. <laughs> yeah, like um, he still has his his like five hundred first. Like he still takes them on missions and they know he's you know he's vader but yeah i don't think it's not i don't think it's general knowledge to a lot of the empire who well that vader even exists yeah i so was surprised if we see him yeah i think if we saw him and it was like him and Tarkin were having a word and he was just like you got to get this sorted out you mm-hmm. know that would be all right maybe if they give him a little 
a corridor scene of him like slaying people. <laughs> um, but I would want them to use him sparingly because we know that he's quite busy at this point in time, you know, like building his castle and taking out remaining Jedi and that sort of thing and proving himself to Sidious. Um, so I wouldn't want them to use him too much unless, and I, I don't think this will happen because I imagine they're planning Bad Batch as like a multiple sort of series show. But imagine if the show ended with Vader catching up with the Bad Batch and just killing all of them. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> it's going to be show, a kid show, so it's not going to happen. But still, <laughs> you imagine. I feel like, yeah, you can imagine like the whole show that has been like a nuisance and talk inside. And eventually, the last episode, he's signing off. Like, screw it, just Vader's got yes, to just get Lord Vader. And he's like, right, what do you need? <laughs> I know they're not going to do that because it's a kids' show, and I don't want them to do that because I want to see more of the Bad Batch. But at the same time, imagine just the, yeah. the impact of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much predictions. I mean, I've heard rumors that like we might see Commander Cody in it. I hope we do. Um, because obviously they've met Cody, they know Cody. I think that could be quite good if like Cody was full on working for the Empire now and they were clashing with him. Could be cool. Um, there's sort of some of like the leaked episode names suggest we might see some of like the deserter clones who are still alive and that sort of thing. So we'll see what happens, but I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Not long now, not long now at all. Right. So that's pretty much all the Bad Batch we wanted to talk about. So the only thing left for this week's episode is our our own Live from Vader's Castle book club that we're going to start. Mm, yeah, very exciting. So uh, our idea here is every month we will um, suggest a book for people to read. And then in a month's time, we will discuss that book for like the last 15 20 minutes of the the show full spoiler discussion if any of our nice loyal listeners do happen to join us in reading said book then they can we'll find a way for like you to send in your thoughts any questions you had about it any thoughts uh, whether it's an email or a dm on instagram or whatever we'll figure it out um but yeah, that's the plan. So every, every month we sort of have a good little discussion about a book and then, you know, it gets uh, gets more people talking about the books because in my opinion, the books are great and not enough people read them. So uh, I think it's time that we do our good work to change that. <laughs> do the Lord's work. Exactly. Get the, the book's name out there. Exactly. And then I think we'll, uh, we'll talk about it at some point, but I know, I know, John in particular reads a lot more of the comics. So it could be at some point that we, we have sort of some discussions about that as well. Yeah, no, that'd be good actually. That'd be interesting. Yeah. But anyway, the, uh, this month's book for the book club is light of the Jedi by Charles soul. Now, uh, this is one I've read and I want everyone to read it. It's fantastic. I'm finally getting around to persuading John to read it. So this is going to be good. It's uh, it's the first book in the High Republic era, the sort of new storytelling initiative from Lucasfilm, which is like comics, books, audio books, all sorts. Um, probably going to expand into games and shows eventually, but at the moment it's the books. Um, it's the first book. It introduces the new cast of characters, loads of 
brand new Jedi, some um, non-Jedis and really the interesting new villains of the series. It's got a huge expansive plot throughout the book. It's a very, it's a very big open world book where you get to see lots of stuff. And uh, it's, it's interesting. It's sort of, I don't want to talk too much about it because that's the point of the book club. But if, um, if I had to sell it, it's, if you picture Obi-Wan Kenobi's line in A New Hope, when he says, for a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy. We never really saw that in Phantom Menace. They they lost their way. They just became troops for hire, essentially. <clears throat> and this is, this is seeing the Jedi, what the Jedi were supposed to be, peacekeepers, guardians of justice, you know, independent, you know, representing the force in its best possible ways, being guardians of the light and that sort of thing. Um, it's a fantastic book. Charles Soule was a great writer. So I encourage people, if they want to take part in our book club, to pick up a copy, read along, and then in a month's time, we can discuss it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be ordering mine later today when um, I get paid. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Thanks. I'm a, I'm really hoping you like it, John. Because if you just turn around and say oh, I didn't like it, so I'm going to sound like a right muppet. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure I will. So thanks to the the beauty of Amazon, it hopefully should be here tomorrow, so I can dive straight in and have it read in a month's time. To exactly. Discuss. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's our plan. So um, if anyone else does the same, then do let us know because we could be talking about it next month. Um. So yeah, that's us for today. Yeah. Thank you for listening and I hope you uh, enjoyed our Bad Backs discussion and uh, we'll see you next week well, for yeah. the first episode breakdown. Well, I think next week will be episode one and two because we're getting episode one on Tuesday and then episode two on Friday. Oh, so I feel yeah, like of yeah, if, we're going for those, if we're going for those Saturday, if we're going for releasing our episodes on the Saturday, it'll be an episode one and two breakdown. You know, we've got to keep things up to date. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking loads of Bad Batch next week and then... Every week after the Bad Batch airs, the day after, you can expect a brilliant discussion and breakdown from your boys over here at, uh, <laughs> at Live from Vader's Castle. <laughs> nice. Um, and then, yeah, follow us on uh, on the old Twitter, at Vader's Castle Pod, and on Instagram, at uh, Live from Vader's Castle. I think I've remembered that correctly. Getting better. Yeah, that sounds right. Perfect. Right. Well, cheers, John. That was a, that was a good time. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks. See you next week, guys. Goodbye. Bye.